Our mission is to discuss extraction, processing, business practices, and lessons learned with the established experts of the extraction process. This is Mission Supercritical, a service of Apex Supercritical, the leading CO2 extraction equipment manufacturer. Now, here to navigate our broadcast is a U.S. Navy veteran and the founder and president of Apex Supercritical. Andy Joseph. Welcome to Mission Supercritical, an exclusive radio show that highlights the extraordinary individual success stories of Apex Supercritical's more than 500 customers operating in the cannabis industry today. I'm your host, Andy Joseph, president and founder of Apex Supercritical. I almost forgot who I was there. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Today's guest, Rain Coleman. He is the CEO and founder of Art, Art I always say this wrong, Art, Art, Arsenal Oils <laughs> and Extracts. Help me out with that, Rain. Say it right for me. Arsenal Oils and Extracts. We are formerly Arsenal. Americana. We changed the name. There it is. Nice. Arsenal Oils and Extracts. And, uh, you know, so that uh, Arsenal, right, this comes from the military thing, a little bit of military background. You're, uh, you're, you are a military veteran, just like myself, so thank you for your service. Oh, no problem. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so tell me just, just real briefly, what uh, what you do in the Air Force? I used to build bombs. Build bombs, you know, just a uh, you know, little brief introduction. What do you call, uh, it's basically, you know, if it was in the MROS, the ordnance, uh, handle everything from basically bullets to nukes, uh, you, you name it, if it falls from an airplane, blows things up, that's kind of what I, that's what I kind of managed and built for about okay. 10 years. All right, and so so you uh, you're in the Air Force. And you're uh, you're you're managing the outfit that uh, that that builds the bombs themselves. Um, you know, overseeing you know quite a quite an expansive uh, arsenal, right? Which I think is is where the name comes from. Any any tie there? Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of like the job career field uh, is affectionately called ammo, and I didn't want to call this the uh, the business ammo. And I figured, you know, we we kind of kind of sat down there and said, hey. We have an arsenal of, you know, products that we sell to clients, you know, this is just to kind of stick with that. Uh, so we just named it Arsenal, renamed it Arsenal from, uh, from formerly Americana. Nice. Nice. I like it. Well, so uh, so thanks again for your service. Appreciate it. But, uh, you know, kind of following along in, in, in your history here, you, you were a teacher, right? You you decided to get out of the military and, and went the teaching route in a public school. Um, tell me a little bit about how awful that was. Well, I mean... Uh, <laughs> So when I got out, I went to college, went to CSU, and uh, got a degree in English education. And you know, because I, I just kind of felt I wanted to do something that was kind of a uh, service bound. You know, I, I wanted to give back, or I wanted to be part of something that was you know something useful. I just didn't want to necessarily sit at a desk. Uh, so I went into the teaching realm for about two years, and uh, I don't know it just got disenchanted because it wasn't it wasn't the teaching wasn't really helping kids. It was just more. You know, where does funding come from and where when these kids are taking tests and the whole idea of you know actually educating students is just kind of put to the back seat and uh it, i was just kind of just, just basically uh, kind of bummed me out on that and just kind of i moved on from it right and it's not you weren't teaching the fun kids you know the the little kids in elementary or maybe middle school you know you're, you're teaching high school which i just i can't imagine that that'd be that'd be a pretty tough job thankless for sure no kidding Kindergarten is the worst. I've, I've taught, I taught uh, grade school, and uh, you know, kindergarten to sixth grade is the worst. That's absolutely night, really nightmare. I, I, you know, anybody who does, yeah, anybody who does it, my hats are off to them. I mean, that is <laughs> See, I would have thought the same gig. Yeah, I'd have thought the other way. Though I'd have, I'd have thought the uh, the the teenage high school students are uh, would be way worse. You know, at least the kids in elementary school. No, they're, 
at least the high school kids can check out, you know, <laughs> you know, they're not doing backflips off the chair and stuff like that. <laughs> high school kids can check out. Yeah. It's not too yeah. bad. That's true. That's true. All right. So, you, you you know, get out of the military, do a brief stint in teaching. And uh, all of a sudden one day, and, and uh, I think it was about 2014, maybe 15, you, you decide to, you know, get into the cannabis industry. Tell me about the transition. Um, what happened was I had a friend who was, it was a bud tender and they were into, you know, they were into BHO extraction. And uh, they kind of asked me, well, we want to do this BHO extraction and if you mind, you know, kind of writing our business plans. And so I ended up kind of writing, you know, helping them out and they kind of wanted to pull me in, uh, out. Um, so, you know, looking through, doing the research and all this, all, all the stuff that you have to do with BHO, kind of, I kind of stumbled upon CO2 and uh, looking at how CO2 operates and the parameters and all the little variables, it just seemed to make more sense to go with CO2. So that's kind of how I fell into CO2 extraction was more or less, you know, it, it was, it came into it. It came from basically, you know, wanting to do BHO, but BHO was the standard at the time and evolving into, you know, what we, what we're currently into at the CO2 realm. Okay. And then, so, but take me a step back further. How'd you get into the cannabis in general? Just a, a couple of buddies said, Hey, write a business plan. And that was your, your intro into cannabis had any experience prior to that? Pretty much it. I, 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 you know, pretty much it. I had no, I had no prior experience in cannabis. I never, you know, grew it or did anything with it. Uh, it was just more or less, Hey, this guy knows how to write and he knows, and he understands, you know, some fundamentals of business. Uh, can he, can he, can he write us a plan? And it just came to a point where, you know, where I was doing all the work, doing all the research and et cetera, et cetera. It just came to a point. I was like, I can do this myself. Let's just, you know, let's, 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 let's go this direction with co 2 and were you writing a business plan for these guys for financing or because they're actually trying to stand up a business? Everything. I mean, the whole nine yards. It's, you know, financing is just only one part of, you know, being coming a licensed entity in Colorado. You have to know building code. You have to know, you know, municipal law, med law. I mean, it, 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 I literally took about a year. I took a year off work. I was fortunate enough the old lady kind of supported me. And I just spent all my time in books, all my time in research and figuring out how to make this, you know, work and how to do this under a certain budget. And uh, so it was, it was a 24-hour day job just doing the research alone right. to, get this, and, to get this business operable. Okay. So, so you, you, you write a, a fantastic business plan. To, it, you said it didn't work out with the hydrocarbon guys. Is that because they weren't able to get funding or because they uh, weren't good business acumen? What, what happened there? I would, I would say, you know, there's a combination of all the things that you just said, you know, I'm not going to sit there and throw anybody under a bus or anything like that. I'm just kind of leave it there. But, you know, it, it was a combination of a lot of things and uh, it just didn't seem to work out. Right. And, and hydrocarbons, you know, not exactly the easiest endeavor to undertake, especially in Denver, Colorado and, and you know, 2015 kind of time frame. Or, maybe, you know, that's a there's a, a lot of fear of the, the butane propane extractions. There's uh, a lot of questions um, that and, you know, Brian Lucas over the Denver Fire Department really started clamping down on these operations. So, you know, you kind of came in right at the infancy of all that and tons of chaos. So I'd imagine that was a that was part of it as well. well it's. It, it, it's, it's, it's like that all over the country. It's not, there's not just Colorado all over the country. You know, there, there's, you know, there's, deal, there's deals with, you know, people not wanting BHO in, in their, in their States. And, you know, it's, it's understandably so. It's, I don't really call it BHO's fault. It's just because 
you got a lot of guys trying to do this out of the garage and they don't do it for proper equipment, they blow themselves up. Well, guess what? Everybody falls under that umbrella, even CO2. Um, these, a lot of municipalities, a lot of these uh, engineers and, and civil servants don't understand the, what, what CO2 is and they just lump it in with BHO and you're, you're, you're sitting there having to explain and have to, having to show the process of you know, how this is a safer process. So BHO, you know, like I said, it, it can be done right, but it definitely is more expensive to uh, set those facilities up and to get those things to work. Um, so it's, it's like I said, it's, it's nationwide with the BHO right. issues. Right, right. But it's, yeah, as, as you mentioned there, it's a nationwide, but, the, you know, the, the challenge doesn't get any easier, um, you know, with, with butane and propane. I think it's it might be a little bit easier today than it was uh, previously with butane and propane, um, just because, you know, more people have an understanding of, of what a Class 1, Division 1 explosion-proof facility is supposed to look like. Um, but, you know, even with, with, with CO2 nowadays, for the people that understand it, you know, I, I think we're finding there's, there's kind of a rubber stamp situation. Guys are, are understanding, you know, they're looking for um you know with apex having the ul listing and and um you know asme vessels and things like that i think it makes it a lot easier but but you know when when you started um you know co2 was was a little bit more easily accepted but like you said hard to bring in um harder to get everybody on the same page with so you were also starting in in colorado when it was at a point where it wasn't it was the mac the market was starting to become saturated um uh, certainly not what it is today, but you know, still pretty, pretty saturated. How how difficult has that been for you? Well, I mean, the saturation is there. I mean, but you know, on the other hand, uh, we're saturated with growth. We're saturated with dispensaries. It's it's an overall saturation, and the the, the kind of thing is is you know, it, it, even though it's, it's it's saturated, it's still a small community. Um, you know, it's not like you know, plumbers. There's thousands and thousands of plumbers in Colorado, and you know, they all operate, you know, whatever way they want. But even in the extraction field, there's not that many of us in comparison to other industries. So the, the, the pond's kind of small. So when it comes down to, you know, good word of mouth, you know, good reputation, that does kind of help you in that saturation. But it takes a lot of work to get that reputation. And, uh, you know, we definitely have been really, really adamant about trying to make sure that, you know, our products and our compliances are, are top notch so we can maintain doing what we do in, in a big, in a, in a, in a, in a big world of a lot of extractors out there. So it's, it's definitely tough to make sure your name is, is good out there. Right. And, and differentiation, I think is probably the, the biggest key. So rain, we're, uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about just that. I want to talk about differentiation, how you have, have been able to, you know, stay focused on CO2 and, and really differentiate yourself and your products in, in the cannabis industry. So let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about that. We'll regroup for more mission supercritical after we hear from our sponsors. Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC, symbol MCIG. 
at Alternative Vibes. Our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you life yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Look at how people are transforming cannabis from the shadows of the black market into a cash crop that draws in cannabis from Hollywood to Wall Street. Lewis Goldberg and Ann Donahue prove the green rush is real. Wednesdays on demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to extract more knowledge on Mission Supercritical. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, Mission Supercritical. Today we've got Rain Coleman, CEO of Arsenal Extract. I still can't say it right. Arsenal Oils and Extracts. Uh, so, Rain, we talked about you know the beginning that you came military background. Thanks again for your service. Um, took a little stint in teaching, found yourself able to write, and then you uh, you end up in the in the cannabis industry, right at the epicenter, right Denver, Colorado, 2015, 2016 kind of time frame. You're you're you get a, a CO2 extraction system from you know not other than Apex Supercritical. Thank you for your business. How did you? differentiate yourself um you know lots of people get in the industry right around the same time what what kind of things have you done to differentiate yourself from the competition i work all the time i mean that's just plain and simple i mean we work 24 hours a day seven days a week um there are no off days for us there's no you know there's no no time off we 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 definitely are some we definitely guys who definitely have to work harder because we're smaller um you know we're definitely not you know big like you know big multi-million dollar company or anything like that with multiple, you know, hundreds of employees or dozens of employees, you know, it's just really just me and me and my brother and, uh, and, uh, we, we sit there and have to work a little bit harder than everybody else in order to make sure, you know, we can meet our deadlines. We can maintain our quality and, and, uh, and so forth. So a big differentiator for us is learning to work harder, you know, learning to sit there and push that extra step the machine. You know, granted, the machine's great. All this equipment's great. You know, all the technology that we have in our hands is is awesome and makes and makes incredible products. But without having to put in the effort and the time to make sure all those things, you know, fall into place, that's where I think a lot of guys, you know, definitely don't see, um, you know, the the big the big end is you know right. they, get, they think the machine is just automatically going to make them gold, and unfortunately, you got to put a little bit of time and effort behind it and. Uh, then it starts, you know, making a little bit of dough here and there. 
Yeah, so it's good news. There's there's room for mom pop shops, even in the most saturated of saturated places in the cannabis industry, and that's Denver, Colorado, right? So you know you're you're a small outfit, um, you know, and you've you've put in a lot of elbow grease. But come on, Rain, what's what's the what's the real differentiation, right? Are you guys, is it the wholesale, right? Is it the price point? Is it is it the the niche that you found? Is it secondary processing? What really makes you guys different? than everybody else out there in Denver. It, I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of those factors, you know, price point is always one because since we're a little bit smaller, overhead's a little lower. So I can sit there and, you know, charge a little bit less because I'm not, my overhead isn't that big, but I mean, a real differentiator, I mean, really comes on the point of, you know, Hey, you, a lot of clients need products in a X amount of time or an expedient amount of time. And if you can't make these goals and you can't make their time frame, they're just going to move to the next guy. So being able to ro- operate, you know, efficiently and, you know, knowing what you're doing to make sure you meet those uh, goals is, you know, is, is imperative. And along with that comes with the, comes the relationship, you know, you have to have solid relationships. You have to be a, uh, you have to be a manufacturer or that, yeah, that definitely meets your client's needs. You know, not everybody can sit there and, and, and dole out, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You got to be able to sit there and, and help some of the smaller shops out and, uh, you know, as well as, you know, working with the big guys. So definitely the relationship and, you know, learning to sit there and, and meet expectations is definitely something that, you know, will set you apart if you're willing to do that. Right. How about finding material? You know, that's, that's always been a big problem for some of the smaller guys in Colorado. How hard is it for you to find material? Material now, like I said, you know, the three or four years ago, material was costing me, Five to eight hundred dollars. I remember looking at your ROIs when when we first started together, and uh, you had it at basically California or, um, material rates. And I, I sat there. I'm like, guys, this is I'm not paying this. You know, I can't find this these pricing anywhere. You know, everybody's about five to eight hundred dollars just for trim. And uh, now it is suddenly taking a real big downturn as far as trim prices have have, have, have absolutely skyrocketed down. Um, I mean, I get calls five or six times a week, you know, from people trying to sell me material um, across the state. Uh, so it's really a buyer's market right now. So I wish it was like that a couple of years ago, but now it's it's actually coming to a point where you know the, the trim. Basically, you're basically picking trim from the best from the best uh, grows and the best the best guys. Um, the price the pricing is it's definitely become more competitive and more negotiable at this point. Right. And just roughly what, you know, what kind of price per pound is, is trim nowadays in, in Colorado? Yeah. I don't know if you read it. There's an article that was, I think, Leafly or something. I mean, prices have gone down in Oregon as much as $50 a pound. Yep. Yep. Um, and so Colorado. you guys are getting close? Um, it's not there, but it is, you know, I've, I've, I've seen material go for $100. I've seen material go for 175 I mean, yeah. it's not necessarily the best stuff on the planet, but it, if you're an extractor, you know, you work with whatever you can get, you know, you, you're trying to turn stuff that isn't the best into a viable product. So if you're a beginning extractor and you can find these prices for these, uh, for this trim at, and, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're pretty good to go right now. Like I said, we're in a, we're in a good state as far as, you know, there's a lot, there's so much competition in the grow world that they're, they're definitely, the pricing has definitely come down significantly. All right. So, so how about the other side? So, you know, your, your pricing coming in is a lot lower. How, how much is it selling for nowadays in, in Colorado? Distillate, 
Well, there's, I mean, there's, you've got about three main products. You got your raw oils, you got your winterized oil, you got your distillate. Um, it really depends. I mean, those those deals more or less kind of depend on quantity and volume. You know, the the bigger volume, of course, I give discounts. You know, I'm, I'm happy to sit there and 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 work discounts with guys who are going to keep me busy. Um, you know, little small projects here and there, and I got I got to cover my expenses. So, on average, I mean, for for raw oil, you can get six to seven dollars. Uh, winterized, you know, add a buck or two, and on the distillate end, it can go from fourteen to seventeen, depending on the level of distillate that you make. But that's just that's kind of a rough thing to kind of call until you until you actually work a relationship out with the client. Yeah, but still relatively high. I mean, that's like like you said that article that came out about Oregon, and there's been similar articles about Washington. You know, their prices have just absolutely hit the floor. I mean, it's amazing how low the prices is. You know, for everything, completely commoditized. And it, it's interesting that Colorado hasn't doesn't seem to have completely commoditized yet. And I think that's because it went recreational first, and really has you know um, a pretty good reputation for people to do research and research and and go out and try recreational cannabis. You know, whether they're from states who, you know, are, are not medical and they want to come out and try it for medical or they want to try it for, you know, just recreational purposes. I think Colorado did a good job of positioning itself to, to you know, kind of be able to withstand the commoditization, but you're still seeing it come down like that. So it's uh, it's it's crazy well, uh, to hear it's, it. It's, 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 it's crazy to hear, see, see that type of stuff, but it's like any other industry. I mean, eventually prices are going to go down, you know, eventually there's going to be, a, there's, eventually there's going to be an oversupply. Um, it doesn't, but it doesn't take away the value of what you're doing. It doesn't take away the value of the oil. You know, you're still going to need, people still need the oil. People still need uh, those products. It's just, just like gasoline. Gasoline goes up and down depending on in the market. And right now we're seeing it the same way uh, in the marijuana fields where pricing is just going based off demand and, and supply. Right. So, so break it down for me, you know, raw, raw versus winterized versus distillate. What, what percentage of, uh, of, you know, of sales is it fairly equal? Are you seeing more on one versus the other? Oh, I, I'm about 95% distillate. Really? Okay. So almost everything's distillate at this point yeah, in time. Yeah. Everything's just, I, I, I mean, we do a little bit of raw here and there, but those are usually our R and D projects or special requests. Um, you know, those type of things, but about 95% of what comes out of my shop is distillate. Okay. And, and why do you think the push for distillate? Well, cause, uh, number one, uh, you know, when the edible companies, uh, want to do oils, you know, they really don't want to have, um, you know, terpenes and, and the marijuana taste override the taste of their products. Uh, you know, for them, it's, it's, you know, it definitely makes their products taste more like what they originally want intended to. Um, and also the THC count is a lot higher. So when, when you're in the distillate form, your THC is significantly higher than it is in raw form. So for them, it's a better value because they have to use less instead of more for for their uh, fraction, uh, what was it, their, what was called fractionalization for their formu- <laughs> formulation for each piece of edible right. or candy. And also with the, with the vape market, vape market tends to lean more towards distillate. Okay. How about CBD? You, you seeing a lot of activity in CBD or is it all still, you know, big push for THC? It's, it's, it's both. I mean, there's, there, there is a lot of activity with CBD. I mean, it's, it definitely is. I mean, right now in Colorado, there's CBD stores. I mean, they're actually full stores dedicated to selling CBD products. So, I mean, and the, then when you look at, you know, CBD, since it's not as regulated 
as, as, as cannabis is, there's a lot more, there's a lot of interesting products out there, you know, CBD wine, CBD water, see, I've seen CBD olive oil, lip balm. I mean, they make, they're pretty much making everything they can out of CBD products. So there is a, there is a big, big market out there for CBD and, uh, CBD extractors. It's just, you know, it's just a little bit different than it is for marijuana. Right. Right. And, and doesn't require the license, which is a big difference. Doesn't require the license. You still need to be, I think, probably certified by the USDA and there's still, there's still steps involved. You, you know, you can't, unfortunately you just can't just pop it in your garage and start doing it and selling it. But, um, definitely CBD is, uh, getting bigger and bigger. And I think when, uh, I think eventually when CBD becomes more mainstream and when you find, start finding CBD products in your local gas station, you know, there, there, there's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of work for these guys. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, a, a lot of people are predicting with all the, uh, the federal, federal activity sessions and, and whatnot that, uh, you know, descheduling or rescheduling of, of marijuana is on the horizon. Be interesting to see what happens to the CBD market then. So, uh, all right, Rain, we're going to take another uh, another quick break here. And uh, when we come back, you're, you kind of represent the the typical customer, if you want to call it that, for Apex Supercritical, right? Kind of a, um entrepreneurial, small time, you know, mom pop kind of a, kind of approach, looking for a niche, looking for an opportunity and, and have been, you know, ultimately successful. Want to want to kind of pick your brain, get a little bit of, of you know kind of your perspective on you know one how did you find Apex and how did you find CO two and and two some of the challenges that you've you've had you know some strangest client you ran into what was the hardest part of of you know standing up the the business and getting all the stuff so let's take a let's take a quick break and we'll come back and want to talk about those things we'll regroup for more mission super critical after we hear from our sponsors. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Cheech and Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is him pink, that's the point Download and play while you life yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. What do master growers, dispensary owners, extraction artists, and infusion chefs all have in common? They'll all be in Denver, Colorado at NCIA Seed the Sales Show, February 7th and 8th. Don't miss a chance to learn alongside 3,000 of the cannabis industry's best and brightest in three highly focused tracks about cultivation, infused products and extractions, and business strategies and innovation. Network and shop for all of your business needs across 40,000 square feet of Expo 4. NCIA Seed the Sales Show. SeedTheSalesShow.com. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way.
learning the benefits of proper nutrition, supplementation, and personal development to live a healthy and abundant life. Awaken, adjust, and aspire. High on Healthy, Mondays on Demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. Time to extract more knowledge on Mission Supercritical, only on CannabisRadio.com. Okay, welcome back to Mission Supercritical. Again, we've got Rain Coleman. Rain, so you know, we talked about military transition to cannabis, some of the uh, the the nuances of Colorado and pricing, and uh, and that's all that's all good information. Um, definitely seen price depression, but not nearly as bad as like Colorado and Washington. But uh, you know, as I said before, we broke there. You, you kind of represent an atypical client, really, kind of the standard client that Apex will see coming through. Um, entrepreneurial group trying to start up an extraction business. Not a lot of industrial experience, or maybe even no industrial. Experience experience and um you know trying to jump into the the quote-unquote green rush tell me a little bit about your story what were some of the trials and tribulations and you know if you had to do it all over again what would you do different well i mean as far as the equipment's concerned um you know the, the trials and tribulations I was, i've been i've been very fortunate with with my machine um not breaking or having any catastrophic failures but that also comes down to you know, a little bit of that military background. You, you take care of your equipment, you know, you take care of it on a daily basis. It's a, it's, you know, if you don't have this equipment, you know, people are, you know, going to get hurt or die or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that mentality is kind of dug into you. Um, so I take the same approach with all the equipment that I have, including the Apex equipment. You know, we definitely take care of it. It's, 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 a, it's our money, it's our money maker. So you got to definitely make sure that your money maker is, you know, is, is operable. So doing the doing the maintenance and the cleaning has definitely been something that we are very adamant about and has right now, like I said, led to, led to us not having any catastrophic failures or having any problems with the machine that, that has cost us any any significant downtime. Um, so you know, for for us, like I said, I've been fortunate, but I think that's because of the discipline that comes with you know maintaining the machine uh, to be operable at all times. Right, and when you're when you're doing your your research on on equipment stuff, you're not just CO two, but you know you mentioned you got distillate, you got winterization equipment. So you know when you're doing your research on the on the CO two, what is what have you found be to be the most useful um, or reliable information um, as far as helping you choose a vendor, choose an equipment vendor, trade shows, internet, word of mouth. What's what's been the most useful for you? Honestly, the most useful is actually going to see someone else do it. You know, if you can actually find access or find someone else who's doing it and get, and get kind of just, you know, I mean, just like buying a car, you know, unfortunately you just can't take a $200,000 machine and plug it in and, and see, it, see how it works. Uh, but if you can have the opportunity to, 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 to see or, or watch an operation of a machine, that definitely gives, uh, gives a, a good uh, indicator of what it can do for, for me, you know, initially doing the research into APEC was I like the, the fire and forget capability. You know, it's, it's very, hey, you, you hit the sequence, it tells you what to do. You follow it every time. Guess what? You know, the consistent result every time. Where a lot of other machines at that time, you know, just didn't have that. They were, you're still turning knobs and buttons and having to do, you know, monitor gauges and the whole nine yards. You know, I, I had to make this where, you know, I can pull any employee in, train, give them, you know, decent amount of training and they're, and they're comfortable with it. Um, so, you know, when I, I see, like I said, I see hundreds of machines, I see dozens of different type of things in the, in, in the world that I'm in. Um, but, you know, so far for me, you know, it's just been, Apex has just been a machine that just is a workhorse, you know, right. there's, there's not a ton of bells and whistles, 
but it just works and works and works and works. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for in my, in my operation. All right. I, I might be just a little bit biased, but I totally agree with you, you know, on everything you just said there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, trust me, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen a half million dollar pixel machine or pixel machine and seen what it does. And you, you need, you need four guys running the damn thing. And, you know, for a lot of guys who are starting off and, 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 and learning how to do this, that's not really realistic sometimes. Where in Apex, you can put in any size Apex into a facility and with with some basic training, get it going. You know, get it fired up. Get it actually making you money instead of having to sit there and, and figure all these crazy things out and have to send a guy from plants out to fix anything. It definitely is, uh, is something that helps. <laughs> right. Yep. All right. So, if you had to do it all over again, right? You know, so, you know, Rain, Rain Coleman, 2015, it says, hey, I'm getting ready to pull the trigger, right? Tell your old lady you're going to quit your job and focus on the cannabis industry. What would you What would you do different? Uh, you know, obviously looking in the in the the extraction area, the oil manufacturing business, what would you have done different? What would you recommend I, people do? I wish I would have got more money. <laughs> I wish I had a, I wish I was able to pull a little bit more investor money to buy a bigger machine. Um, to buy some of the some of the other stuff that you know definitely bottlenecks you in, when you first start out when you don't have the money to buy everything that you want you kind of settle for whatever you can get but if you can sit there and, and you know hey you can honestly plan out hey we do need this equipment we do need to to run this uh, this way because we're expecting to get this you know this this, this work I definitely wish I had a little bit more money so I can buy I could have bought a bigger machine I could. It definitely would have helped me out big time, um, or you know, put that money towards my infrastructure and my of my shop as well. Right. If I can, yeah, if I can go back in time, I, I definitely would have tried to raise fifty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars more. So, so how about on the uh, the the chemical or the processing side? You know, a lot of people say you, know, you have to be a chemical engineer, you have to be a you know process engineer in order to to be able to do this right. You uh, you agree with that? No, uh, I have a I have a degree in English and I do this all day, so. <laughs> You have to have a uh, level of patience. You have to have a level of attention to detail and uh, you know willingness to make mistakes and learn from them. But to know, you know, having a doctor's degree or master's degree is not necessary. It, it helps. It definitely would uh, be not be beneficial, but it's not necessary. You, you really just have to sit there and take your time and listen to people and uh, and figure out the right ways to do it. So it's a it's more of a research and uh, an understanding piece than a than a fundamental training kind of thing. So what? Uh, well, I mean, no, go ahead. No, I, well, you know, you know me. I, I provide training. I provide training you know, all over the all over the country and and internationally. And um, you know, you can do all the research in the world. You can go with, you can go watch as many YouTube videos as you want. It doesn't really apply sometimes because of the location you're in and what you have. If you you know if some places will have multi million dollar equipment, multi million dollar facility, everything that they, they could possibly want, and still have issues. You could be working out of a, a garage, you know, with with, with very minimum stuff, and you're going to have different issues. Um, so it is a, it is a kind of a trial and error thing. But if you have you know the right people uh, with you, it's it's it, it definitely will help. So I wish right. I had one of me when I started, you know. Right, <laughs> right. Which is, you know, that's that's a that's a great point. You know, consulting uh, is is really now we're seeing just a, a ton of customers like yourself, 
you know, find them find themselves in a in a real um, enviable position. Right, you've got knowledge that that a lot of people want. Um, you spending more time doing consulting now than you are extracting, or is it still an even mix? I, I spend more time consulting now. Right. Um, it's just you know, is it is the idea of this? I wish you know, if if ten grand would save me, you know, some tears off my pillow every night, it would have been worth every penny. You know, <laughs> it, it definitely when I first start, when I first started out, it was very, you know, it, like I said, it was frustrating. It was, there was a level of learning curve that I wish I didn't have to have, but, you know, <laughs> doing what I did and, you know, putting nose to grindstone, you know, helped in that aspect. So if, you know, if you can find someone that can definitely give you a hand, you know, by all means, think about it, you know, um, but, you know, to sit there and just try to look, look for stuff on the internet it, it just doesn't work all the time because, like I said, everything is different. Everybody has different equipment. Everybody has different facilities. You know, even different types of material. You don't know which material you're running, you're working with. It may have different results. So, uh, definitely one of those things where, you know, if you don't have to go through the the nightmare of trial and error, don't go through it. Right. Right. So, all right. Uh, we're we're going to have to wrap it up here. We're almost at the end, but uh, wanted to wanted to get strangest client story from you. What's the what's the strangest cannabis client that you've had, or strangest uh, event or occurrence that you've had since being in the cannabis space? I would say, let me think. There's a lot of strange stories. Um, I think one of the funnier ones was uh, we had a Jamaican fellow. Um, and apparently they had a, they had an extractor out in, uh, in Jamaica, but they weren't using it. They didn't know how to use it. Um, so he wanted to come up and watch us and, and, and kind of just, you know, kind of shadow us a little bit so we can have a better idea of how to, how to do it. And uh, the guy is the sweetest guy in the world, but I mean, he had some crazy ideas for things. You know, he was very a uh, tinfoil hat type and, uh, I just had a good time listening listening to his stories and listening to him talk. But I'm just like, wow, this guy's gonna make it. This guy's gonna make it. Uh, he's gonna do extraction. But so far, I hear he's doing great, and I'm very happy for him. Uh, like I said, everything seems to be everything seems to have gone well for him. But definitely, you definitely meet some different characters in this industry. Not definitely, it's not like a, you know the computers or or any other type of industry. You definitely meet some interesting folks. Right, not uh, not not industrial kind of based, not military based, not industrial based, but uh, you, you definitely have some some interesting folks you're going to run into who, um, uh, <laughs> like your your tinfoil hat there. So, is he was he waiting for the aliens to, to drop down, or was do you think that the uh, government's watching him? One of those guys who basically can heal you with stones and and, and ah, jam. Okay. So, so, so the tinfoil like wasn't, to, wasn't that, to block the government. The tinfoil was to to uh, absorb, you know, or absorb the uh, radiation from the aliens and that kind of stuff. Something like that. Probably like the sweetest guy in the world. And like I said, he learned a lot. I'm glad. I, I'm a, I'm very happy to help. Right. All right. That's great. Rain. Real quick, one last question here. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you and uh, you know take you up on your your consulting services and you know save save a, a pillow full of tears, how might they get a hold of you? Oh, the easiest way, just email me. Email me at raincoleman at gmail.com. And uh, I'll definitely answer all emails. I, you know, I, I, I answer all phone calls. It's kind of one of the things I try to uh, pride myself on is being able to, to respond to people as quickly as I can. Right, and that's, uh, that's Rain Coleman, C-O-L-E-M-A-N. And uh, Rain's short for right. rainbow, right? Yep, unfortunately. 
<laughs> that's probably another story for another time but uh appreciate it rain oh, yeah that's, that's that. another episode <laughs> right. no problem thank you right. yep thank you rain appreciate it and uh you know it uh it's been a great show loved love having you on here um Look for other Mission Supercritical shows to learn more about Apex Supercritical's more than 500 customers operating in the cannabis space today. Hope you can join us, and until then, happy extracting. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited 